You're listening to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast, created by the Arthritis Foundation to help people with arthritis and the people who love them live their best lives. If you're dealing with chronic pain, this podcast is for you. You may have arthritis, but it doesn't have you. Here, learn how you can take control of arthritis with tips and ideas from our hosts and guest experts. Welcome to the Live Yes with Arthritis podcast. My name is Stacey Courtney, and I will be your guest host today. Also joining me is Dr. Afton Hassett as our guest expert. And our topic today is changing your habits for better health. But before we get started, let me tell you a little bit about myself. I live in Atlanta. I've had rheumatoid arthritis for about 20 years now. Currently, I serve as the chair for our local leadership board, and I'm also on the patient perspectives panel. I've been volunteering for the foundation for about seven years now, and it truly is my passion to help others who are dealing with the challenges of arthritis. Whether it's mindless eating, sitting too much, procrastinating to the point of stress, we all have some bad habits to take a toll on our physical and mental health that can ultimately worsen our arthritis. In this episode, Dr. Afton Hassett helps us find mental and physical strategies to stop those bad habits and establish good ones for better arthritis management and overall health and wellness. So now I will turn it over to Dr. Hassett for her to introduce herself. Hi, Stacy. This is a great topic. I am an associate professor in the Department of Anesthesiology and a principal investigator at the Chronic Pain and Fatigue Research Center at the University of Michigan. I'm a new author of the book, Chronic Pain Reset, where we spend a lot of time talking about habit formation. So this is just such a good topic. And perfect timing for the new year, right? Yes, right? So we all have some bad habits that we need to break and and start fresh in this new year. So what is the best place to begin a discussion about bad habits? Oh my goodness. I think probably the best place is to admit that you have some. I mean, we all do have bad habits, but just saying, you know what? I think I'm done with this one. And it really is the heart of the New Year's resolution is to try and give up some of these things so we can do things that are better for our health and our happiness. Okay, so do you have any bad habits? Because I Ah. certainly have my share of them in 2023. And so I'm really looking forward to this new year and getting rid of some some bad habits. In 21, 22, I was so good with my exercise and my diet and my supplements. But last year, I just pretty much took a year off from being my best self and doing all those healthy habits. So I'm getting ready. I'm a week late into the year getting started, but I've got my list of habits that I'm going to break and start fresh. And I think it's great to start with one. If we can kind of focus, that's great. So we'll think about exercise and that'll run in the background for you. I drink too much sugar substitutes. I put it in my coffee and tea. And so I want to find, you know, a way that I can maybe get that out of my life and have something a little healthier. Maybe the exercise is a little bit about kind of forgetting that you get Mm -hmm. so busy that you almost forget. That's a common problem. We'll, We'll talk about that. For me, making the change is just that using Splendor, whatever is easy. It's right there. I can use it. So we'll kind of noodle around how do we overcome some of these barriers. My personality is I'm all or nothing. So it's almost like if I don't exercise on a Monday, I'm Mm -hmm. like, okay, I'm just going to wait till the next Monday. So I need, (laughs) (laughs) you know, so that's kind of my mindset that I need to change because we do need to start small. And I know we'll talk about that in a little bit. 
Mm-hmm. Why do we have these bad habits when we know better? Like we absolutely <laughs> know they're bad for us and we need to do better. Bad habits really just tend to be shortcuts. They're familiar, they're easy things to do, they're comfortable, and often they're just comforting behaviors, things that are that are known and simple. Sometimes our bad habits are our vices, you know, things that we kind of cling to because they're bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, sometimes there's just something good about being bad. I hear people who smoke who can say that or eating chocolate or fried chicken or whatever it is. And it's just something about the comforting, the joy of doing something kind of bad. The problem is when we do these things repetitively, if we do things with enough frequency, they start to get wired into our brain. And then they become kind of hardwired behaviors, things that we do on autopilot. We don't go out there trying to form bad habits, right? They they kind of just appear and then we allow them to stick around. Sometimes we just don't have the energy to oust bad habits from our lives. Right. Well, and you were speaking about your your sugar substitutes or or is it too much sugar or your sugar substitutes? Sugar substitutes. I want to let go of them. (laughs) Well, mine, I was thinking sugar and wine. It's become a habit. I I don't need the nightly glass of wine. It's just a bad habit. And so I've got to retrain my brain because yeah, like you said, once you do something long enough, it's wired into your brain. Part of what you do is you examine what is that about, though? You know, is that your treat for the end of the day? You've worked hard. It can help you unwind a little bit. And that's why that glass of wine is so important to you. Is there something that you can substitute with? Because usually the reason we fail at changing our habits is we just take away stuff and don't mm-hmm. give ourselves something in return to kind of fill that that need. Absolutely. So that's part of why they're so hard to break. Yes, exactly right. We just can't give up everything. No, there needs to be a viable alternative. How do some of these bad habits affect arthritis negatively? I mean, when we talk about diet and exercise, we know that those are both very beneficial for arthritis or any type of chronic pain. Yeah. You know, geez, Stacey, there's so many of them. So poor eating, that's kind of a bad habit that many people have. And poor diet can impact your energy. It can make you gain weight. It can impact your ability to think clearly. It can even make your pain worse. And um, what's not good for people with autoimmune disease, it can even make inflammation worse. So diet is really, really critical. If we don't get enough physical activity, our muscles can become deconditioned and no good comes from that. You know, it can certainly make our arthritis worse, our widespread pain worse. We can have more bone loss and we can have weight gain. The less you exercise, the greater you enhance your risk for most diseases and other illnesses, you know, and even your brain health. So exercise is critical. And then kind of part and parcel, sitting too much. Sitting is kind of the new smoking. That It's not just about being static. It's actually about sitting. So standing is superior. That's why we're seeing so many stand-up desks. But, you know, just sitting has been tied with having decreased blood flow to the legs, but also it impacts your sugar regulation, blood pressure. It alters the normal function of blood vessels. It increases your risk for diabetes and heart attack. And then sleep. You know, sleep is such a pivotal thing. Bad sleep is often due to bad habits. And we see this over and over again. There's just stuff that we do that disrupts our ability to sleep. And when we have poor sleep, it greatly impacts almost every aspect of of autoimmune and disease and chronic pain. It impacts your mood, your energy, your ability to think. It can promote inflammation in the body. certainly makes pain worse, increases your risk for heart attack, dementia, type 2 diabetes, obesity. (laughs) 
<laughs> cancer. Right. The last big one, the habits that bring us stress. Stress is also a killer. The things that we do like procrastinate, <laughs> that, you know, negative thinking, you know, poor mood, allowing ourselves to feel overwhelmed by the day, all these things that produce stress. And I don't know if stress is necessarily a habit, but many of the things that we do can create stress in our lives. And certainly we all know stress makes just about every physiological process worse. With me not exercising and -hmm. feeling like I'm taking care of myself, it makes you depressed. It makes you anxious. It causes worry. I don't like emotionally how I feel because I'm not doing, I'm not getting the endorphins from the exercise. I'm not eating the nutrient rich foods that I know I should Mm -hmm. be eating And I've just taken the easy way out this last year of ordering too much fast food, you know, (laughs) drinking too much wine. The emotional toll is is something that I think some people don't realize how, you know, when you are in great physical health, you just feel better about yourself. You describe a really important downward spiral that people who are feeling kind of lousy and lousy about themselves are less likely to do things to take care of themselves. Uh And thus they even feel worse (laughs) because now they're not exercising and eating well. I always tell people to get good physical activity. It doesn't have to be going to the gym. It doesn't have to be this planned workout that sometimes the best exercise we get is just throwing on our sneakers and going for a brisk walk. You know, it doesn't have to involve a lot of time because often the time is the other piece is that people feel very hesitant to, you know, spend 45 minutes to an hour, an hour and a half of their day getting dressed, getting in the car, going to the gym, doing a class, mm-hmm. coming back. It just feels like it's such a burden, you know, rather than saying, hey, can I just throw on a YouTube arm exercise video for five minutes and do that? Right. Or just walk briskly for 15 minutes. And then also, if we are exercising and don't really realize we're exercising. So if you love to dance and you're taking a dance class, you are getting tremendous exercise and physical activity, but you don't feel like it's exercise. Now you're doing the thing you love. Exactly. So any type of movement is yeah. a good step in the right yes. direction for creating that that habit. Yes. I was reading an article last week. I forget the author's name, but he mentioned a keystone habit. And a keystone habit is one good foundational habit, which will mm-hmm. inevitably lead to more good habits. And yeah. it's a domino effect. So if you do start with the exercise, you're going to feel better about yourself. You're going to want to eat better. Mm -hmm. You're going to get better sleep. But on the flip side, I think it's the same with a keystone bad habit. If you are drinking too much wine, you're not going to sleep well. You're going to wake up and not feel great. So it's just a spiral effect. Oh, you're so right, Stacey. Let's look at the apex habit or single habit, you know, and so just starting at the exercise because they do build on each other. And if you feel like, oh my God, okay, I've got to exercise. I've got to stop eating chocolate. I have to stop smoking and stop drinking wine. Oh my gosh, nobody wants to do that. It sounds miserable to do all those things. It's awful, right? So you know what? How about we exercise? And then once you kind of get into that mode, you may actually feel like, oh my God, I don't want to smoke anymore. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So I can let go of that. Sometimes we just need to zero in on the apex habit we're willing to, to do. And actually that's the other piece is willingness. Uh People don't do anything they're not willing to do. We need to value what we're going to do, and it needs to make sense to us, or we just don't do it. The Arthritis Foundation is always looking for new ways to inform you about the things you want to know more about. Check out our webinars in real time or on demand. Visit arthritis.org slash webinars to learn more.
how long does it take to form a better habit? Is it the 21 day theory? I think it depends on the habit. You know, I think if it's a daily thing, the 21 days is pretty reasonable, but you need to give yourself a lot of crutches. I wanted to remind myself to do mindfulness training every day. So how was I going to remind myself to take 10 minutes every day and just have a mindfulness moment, right? And so you know what I did? I went out to the store and I found this really great bracelet. It was so cute. And I wear that. And so when I see it, it reminds me to meditate. So sometimes you have to play these games with yourself to help you remember, especially if it's something daily, because we respond very well to cues. So sometimes you just need to create the atmosphere where you can succeed. And again, kind of 21 days, that does work. It takes longer if you're trying to remember to do something like once or twice a week, right? So like if you say, I want to exercise twice a week, that can be longer for you to actually form a habit. So you're going to need more supports in place to help you remember to do that, to reinforce it when you do it. You have your bracelet. (laughs) I've started with one, an accountability partner. So my husband and I, we're going to hold each other accountable. So I think that's really helpful. If you have a support system, mm-hmm. I have a journal now I've written down my goals, which are my, my new habits that I want to establish any other tips to make it easier to make a habit stick. There's so many things. And again, it's very individual. I think one of the first things is just to make it easy. If your goal is to start exercise, maybe just start walking and you want to walk in the morning, then what you want to do is maybe put your walking shoes, a bottle of water, your keys, a wallet right by your bed on a chair. So you get up in the morning, you see it, it's there, it's easy peasy. You want to make the habit as easy as possible to do. That's kind of the first thing. Another really clever way of of building a habit is something called habit stacking. And what that is, is leveraging habits you already have, good habits, And the easiest one to think of is maybe brushing your teeth, right? So if you know you brush your teeth every morning and every evening, pretty much at the same time, and maybe your new habit you want to get is just to stretch, just to spend five minutes stretching in the morning and the evening. Well, the way you habit stack is that right after you brush your teeth, you do your five minutes of stretching because boom, there it is. And then the same thing at night, you know, you do your five minutes of stretching. So taking things that you do, you know, religiously, it could be your cup of coffee in the morning. It could be um, something to do with how you drive into work. It could be when you walk the dog, whatever these kind of fixed habits that you have, stack the habit with it. It's just another way to kind of gain success. And I think that's an important point. So sometimes when you are not doing a lot of great habits and you have too many bad habits, we don't give ourselves enough credit because now that you're saying this, I do have some really good habits that I forgot about. Like, like I do brush, I do floss, I do drink a ton of water. So I think you have to give yourself some grace. I love setting goals. We've kind of heard of smart goals before something, you know, you, you make sure that the goal is very specific. It's the S it's measurable. It's achievable, something you can actually do. It's relevant, it aligns with your goals, and that it's kind of time-based. So like a SMART goal would be walk in the morning for 15 minutes, because that feels, and it's also achievable. Walking 15 minutes is measurable, it's also achievable. Relevant, it's what you want to do, you feel good about walking. And then time-based. But I also talk in my book about tags, which are tiny achievable goals, right? The uh-huh. teeniest thing that you can do. So, you know, let's say your your new habit is to eat healthier. Well, what's the smallest thing you could do? Maybe it's just starting with breakfast. 
have a bowl of oatmeal or or if you really enjoy Cheerios or whatever it is, you know. So it's these, these tiny little goals. So, so it, saying that I'm going to eat better is a huge, massive, weird, amorphous goal. Eating healthy cereal every morning is tiny and achievable. It is. And also, I think with a chronic illness such as arthritis, sometimes your goals and your habits have to change on how you're feeling. One day you might be feeling really, really great. You might kill it at the gym or, or whatever your form of movement may be. But the next mm -hmm. day you might have to really adjust that and give yourself some grace because every day is so different with autoimmune arthritis because there are days you're just too tired. But if you could just get out and do something, one good habit, it might mm -hmm. not be what you set out to do, but at least you're still you know, doing something good for your body. It's kind of what I consider kind of just building in flexibility into, into the new habit that you do give yourself some grace or a little bit of space to do something different. It doesn't mean now I can't do this and I've blown it. So I'm not going to bother changing the habit. No, it just means, okay, this day I just need to stretch because I don't feel good enough to go to the gym. I'm really fatigued. That mm -hmm. is so okay. And you need to give yourself permission to have flex days too, where you don't do a darn thing. Absolutely. Take a nap, right? Yep. yep. <laughs> Your Absolutely. new habit could be a nap. I did joke for a long time that I would have to put in time in my day. I would take a nap for 47 minutes. It was like mm -hmm. my body was conditioned, but wow. I needed that rest because I was so yeah. fatigued with the pain and mm -hmm. just, just the stress of having, you know, a chronic illness. And so the nap got me through and rest can be the mm -hmm. best thing for your body a lot of times. And that is a good habit to get into. I totally agree. What undermines good people is their desire to just take care of other people and put other people first. And what happens is we end up burning ourselves out, you know, in, in our effort to not only fight an autoimmune disease and deal with all of that, but then also be a super person and take care of everybody else. It just has to give at some point. Life is a marathon, right? We need <laughs> yes. to kind of pace ourselves. Exactly. So any other advice you have for people with arthritis or chronic mm -hmm. illness to create, you know, healthy habits that can reduce mm -hmm. their pain? You said social support. So you've got your husband engaged in your, yeah. <laughs> in your new habit. And that's so important. There is almost nothing more effective than the friend that's going to call you up and say, hey, did you get out of bed and do X? Or the person who's going to do something with you. It's really great when people serve to support a new habit rather than be a barrier to it, right? And then I think lastly, stuff needs to be fun, right? We are humans. We move towards pleasure and away from pain. It's just how we're kind of <laughs> wired. The new thing has to feel like it's kind of okay. It's not going to be like torture, whatever it is. Yeah. Find a way to make whatever it is a little bit more enjoyable. I, being a volunteer within the foundation, you know, one of the big, I, I think, aspects is connections and connecting mm -hmm. with others in your same situation. And so we have various connect groups. And so it is helpful. So when you are trying to form these habits, you're forming them with other people that are experiencing the same challenges as yourself. I always encourage people to join one of our connect groups because you can, oh, yeah. you have a shared experience, you have a shared journey, and mm -hmm. you'd really help one another when you're having those challenging days. Just people with lived experience, you can say, oh, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yes. And it just feels so good. And you don't feel so isolated. Absolutely. 
I just wanted to toss in just a couple more that, you know, reminders are important that, you know, a new habit is hardest to form when it's in early stages because we just forget. <laughs> so put out something decorative on your counter so it reminds you, um, wear the bracelet like my little meditation bracelet. Write yourself a sticky note on your bathroom mirror. So just ways to remind yourself. And then lastly, reward yourself. Mm -hmm. Come up with your goal. And when you meet it, you know, say it's doing this new activity for the next four weeks. And once you do it, give yourself something special. It can be, it can be just about anything. I think can often help solidify a habit because we get very excited and motivated by stuff. <laughs> it can be little. <laughs> right. It's right. Movement is the best medicine, but it can be hard when you hurt. Your exercise solution is a resource to help you create a customized physical activity routine based on your specific needs and abilities. Learn more at arthritis.org slash your exercise solution. We threw a question out there on social media. And so our question was, what habit that affects your arthritis would you like to change? And so one user said, eating candy and dessert and a lot of sugar with my coffee. I think we all need to limit our sugar, right? Because yeah. that sugar causes inflammation, which is not yeah. great for our arthritis. Yeah. And another user said, you know, not moving my body on a regular basis. I always feel better when I regularly oh, yeah. exercise, even if it's just for a walk. And that's exactly oh. what you said. Just any type yeah. of movement. I like that first one, eating candy, dessert, and a lot of sugar with my coffee. Oh no, this, this sounds a little bit like my dilemma. <laughs> and so the way we're most successful, you know, people say, oh, just cold turkey. Well, cold turkey is really hard and often leads to a really big relapse. <laughs> so yes, I think small and slow changes. So maybe she just decreases the amount of dessert at first, right? Eat dessert, but don't eat the huge piece of pie. Eat mm -hmm. a third of the piece of pie. Use a little less sugar in a coffee, just some decrease. And over time, it's amazing how quickly your body actually acclimates to the sugar. And all of a sudden, that sugar will taste like too much. But yes. it takes a little while to acclimate. And then you mentioned one about not moving my body on a regular basis. I feel better when I regularly exercise, even if it's just a walk. Yeah, just a walk. Come on. Just even if it's five great. or 10 minutes. Yes. I totally agree. The next user said sleep. I need sleep, then definitely stress and wine. Yeah, it's recurring. I see these three together, sleep, stress, and wine, and they kind of shout at me that maybe there's an underlying something going on there. It sounds like this person might just be stressed. Mm -hmm. you know, they kind of have stress in the middle. So the question is that maybe there's a strategy that she or he could pick that would help all three. It could be developing a habit of doing a little bit of mindfulness meditation every day. It could be a stretching routine. It could be some yoga. It could be learning progressive muscle relaxation. There could be just, you know, a number of things that can be done just to dial down the stress and all those things would likely get better. Yeah. And, and the wine causes interrupted sleep. So yeah. those two go hand in hand a lot of yeah. times. Absolutely. All right. The next user, she says, not saving enough battery to do the task needed around the house after work. I oh, yeah. can relate to that. Definitely the fatigue with any chronic illness mm -hmm. is, is the worst. What are your thoughts on that one? 
This is one of the big toughies. I mean, this, you know, this is kind of at the heart of spoon theory. I'm sure you probably have heard yes, of that. Spoons. Mm-hmm. The spoons, right? That you yeah. only have a certain amount of spoons every day. And when you blow through them in the first 15 minutes of the day, what do you do? So sometimes it is just trying to think about how to do these tasks a little bit differently. It could be that rather than doing a lot of tasks around the house after work, then maybe one needs to be done. And maybe there's a task that can be done in the morning. And then how about those lazy people who live with you? (laughs) Maybe they can do a task too. It is about kind of engaging our family members. And I think often people are hesitant to ask for help. We, you know, put on our very strong person face and say, you know, I can do it all rather than say, hey, can I get you to take the trash out? You know, whatever it is. There's also activity pacing, which I think is really a powerful kind of cognitive behavioral strategy for doing something that takes a lot of energy. So let's say if it's um, raking leaves or some darn thing that if you know that you can rake the leaves for about five minutes before you get like totally wiped out and stressed out or, or have a pain flare, then rake the leaves for four minutes and then take a four minute break. And then rake oh, the like leaves again for four minutes and then take a four minute break. It's just a safer way to do things rather than what we tend to do is just power through. I don't care what happens. And then we end up just making ourselves feel worse for days to come. Right. You're wiped out. That's not good for anyone. No, no. (laughs) Well, I like that. So activity pacing or house things. I can only fold laundry for, you know, so long a period of time. I can only mow the grass for only a period of time. I can only walk the dog for a period of time and I have Mm -hmm. to rest. The general population doesn't understand that a autoimmune type arthritis affects your entire body and it's not just your joints. And so you're afraid to ask for help. You're embarrassed. Mm -hmm. That's what I I love about the foundation is that we're Mm -hmm. just trying to educate the general population that it's not the old person disease. It's not just your joints, it's your whole body. And Mm -hmm. we have a right to, you know, ask for help. The awareness is so important that people understand that arthritis and autoimmune disease are the full lifespan. Yes. Our last user, she says she has two habits. The first one is overworking. Often this is very self-imposed and it's not something required of my employer, but is certainly a habit that I have created. And what it does is by the end of the week, I'm so drained that it doesn't allow me to have time over the weekend to do things other than reset my life. That seems to be a common theme. Yeah. And uh, the second thing is her sleep habits. I find it hard to stay asleep. And I think creating overall better sleep hygiene and making sure I'm doing all the things I need to do before I go to bed. For example, stretching, a bath, guided meditation, taking medication early enough. Those are all things that can impact my sleep and create a better habit. And then she says, both of these things are on my vision board for 2024 to make an impact. So I love that. (laughs) This is good stuff. I love a vision board. I do too. These are good because I think these are common. So the first one's overworking. And she says, this is self-imposed. She has some insight. This is not her employer driving her. She is overworking. So I'm a psychologist. And so I think what's driving her to overwork? Is it overcompensating (laughs) because of the illness? You know, what is it? What is the rule that she has that's telling her this is how she needs to be in order to be valued or accepted? The B part of that then is sometimes overworking is about being hesitant to ask for help. So 
Part of that is to be able to kind of work smarter, meaning that to rely on um, your team members or others, you know, within the group that you're working with to do some of these and be willing to delegate because some people are pretty perfectionistic and have a hard time letting go of tasks. We have a program called Arthritis at Work, and it is a free program that helps employees communicate with employers and vice versa on the daily challenges of, you know, working with a chronic illness. And so Mm -hmm. it's a free program that we offer to corporations with their HR and their wellness departments. It just gives them resources. I love the resources that foundation provides because it is such a misunderstood illness. Yeah. The Arthritis Foundation totally rocks. Yes, (laughs) They gave me my first research grant. I'm so grateful. And then if we turn to her sleeping habits, first of all, bravo. I'm looking through the things that she does, stretching, a bath, guided meditation, taking medication early. I mean, all those things are so good. There's a couple of other things to add on. We have so much light pollution that many rooms are brighter than they need to be. And what happens is that light seeps in. And it cues the brain, oh, time to wake up. So I always tell people, make sure your room is very dark. Think about potentially getting light dampening curtains. That's one thing. And another thing that I I hear over and over again, that people don't do well, and it can be really sleep disruptive, is they don't get up in the morning at the same time every morning and go to bed at the same time every evening. There's a lot of variability in, in the times people go to bed, especially on the weekends. And the times they get up, the body loves predictability. So that's to me is like probably my number one sleep hygiene tip. Just change that one thing and it'd be surprising how much better sleep can be. And I love white noise. I love a white noise machine. That's definitely helpful. Yes, for sure. If you want to learn more about juvenile arthritis and related diseases, count on the Arthritis Foundation. Explore our JA camps, the National JA Family Summit, and other ways to stay in touch and be in the know about everything JA for juvenile arthritis. Visit arthritis.org slash JA. Let's wrap up and let's each say our top three takeaways from this conversation and I am happy to start because I learned a lot from you. Great. I would say number one is the apex habit, which is the Mm -hmm. first habit that you want to change, which will lead to more and more better habits. I love that. Mm -hmm. I loved the habit stacking. Mm -hmm. Oftentimes we don't give ourselves enough credit for the good habits that we already have, even though we have several other bad habits, but it's good to acknowledge the good ones and just add on to those. And then I love the the idea of the activity pacing. Mm. So whether that is exercise or a task in the home, doing something for a set amount of time and then resting and then starting again. So I value your knowledge and your advice on all of that. Great. Thank you, Stacey. We talk about the notion that people go towards pleasure and avoid pain. So make the new habit something you actually want to do, (laughs) right? So if, if your new habit is eating more, Uh, kale and you despise kale, you're likely not going to do well with that habit, right? So, you know, make it something that feels fun, that feels appealing, that is really, truly something you want to do. Set reminders, because even though we know that this is a habit we want to do, we feel good about it, we like it, we're kind of excited to do it. We just forget, because, you know, we're stuck in our other habits. About 80% of what we do, believe it or not, are habits, (laughs) 
<laughs> we are so routine. So creating a reminder to remind that we need to do this new thing. And then lastly, rewards. It can be something as small as, you know, allowing yourself to sleep an extra 10 minutes, or it can be a, a snack. It can be a new pair of shoes. It could be, you know, a little trip to a favorite restaurant, whatever it is. Give yourself rewards for a job well done. Absolutely. I like that. Reward yourself for your good new habits that you're mm -hmm. taking into 2024. Yes. <laughs> well, I appreciate your time. You've been wonderful. My name is Stacey Courtney, and we thank all of you for joining us. I wish everybody a very happy and healthy new year with many, many good habits. So thank you so much. Thank you too, Stacey. It's been a pleasure. The Live Yes with Arthritis podcast is independently produced by the Arthritis Foundation. This podcast aims to help people living with arthritis and chronic pain live their best life. People like you. For a transcript and show notes, go to arthritis.org slash podcast. Subscribe and rate us wherever you get your podcasts. And stay in touch.